you carry that knowledge with you and then you apply it as you go so when the father speaks when we sit at his feet to listen to hear to understand to comprehend we're doing so so we can carry off what he's saying hello everyone welcome to kingdom rock radio you are moments away from receiving god's rich word but first remember that you can subscribe to our roku channel as well as our podcast and don't forget for more information you can always contact us at www.kingdomrock.org and now here is today's word i've been giving this word to give to you tonight and i'm so thankful that all of you are here uh, to be with us, all of you that are joining us by way of um, Roku or or have you listening to us by way of um, podcast or, or however you're listening or viewing, this is for you tonight, and we thank you so much for being a part of this service. All right, tonight the Lord gives me this word, uh, positioned to receive, positioned to receive. You have to be positioned to receive, and you'll understand that more as we go about this as we'll do just a little bit tonight, and then next week we'll do uh, even more as we just continue on into it. Uh, Position to receive. So in order to be positioned to receive, first of all, we're going to have to be recalibrated. That's a word that God keeps giving me over and over again. Recalibrated. Recalibrated. You got to be recalibrated. And recalibration means to make small changes to an instrument so that it measures accurately. Uh, it also means to change the way you do things or the change, change the way you think about things. Recalibrate. Recalibrate. That's the word that I keep hearing over and over again. Recalibrated. The body has to be recalibrated. Recalibrated. Now, recalibration must first begin with a righteous standard. There must be a standard first. And uh, there must be a set of numbers or uh, a set of values, parameters, or some type of original state in order to determine proper calibration. In other words, uh, the performance bar is raised to a certain level and all other things has to rise to meet it, a certain calibration. Uh, when you first bought, maybe first bought a car, some of you may know that when you first bought a car, it drove a certain way when you got it off the lot. But years later, it doesn't drive like that anymore. So sometimes you got to tune that up. You have to have it recalibrated. And just like a, you, you buy a computer and you buy that computer and it's brand new out the box. It runs a certain way, but after a while it, it begins to fade. You have to have that thing tuned up or recalibrated. And recalibration has to do with, um, first of all, going back to a standard what was originally set, bringing those settings that have changed over time, bringing them back to an original setting. Uh, and the, here's, the, here's a warning too. Uh, we don't want to fall into the trap or temptation of trying to calibrate our lives to other people. Calibrate your ministry that God's given you to other ministries that are, that are like it. Why would you do that? Why would you calibrate your life or compare your life to someone else's life, to another human. That's no good. Matter of fact, let's look at this in 2 Corinthians, the 10th chapter, 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. 2 Corinthians 10, verse 12. I'll give you a moment to get that. And we're going to look at that out of the New Living Translation. 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, chapter 10, verse number 12. 
out of the New Living Translation. I want you to see this because I just love the wording here. Uh, and you'll see why I like this in just a few moments. Uh, it's deadly. It's bad to try to calibrate your life or compare your life uh, to another human. That's not humanity is not the standard. All right. So let's try to look at this here. Second Corinthians chapter 10, verse number 12 of the New Living Translation says this. Oh, don't worry. We don't dare. We don't dare say that we are as wonderful as these other men who tell you how important they are. I love the way the, uh, you'll see this. But they are only comparing themselves with each other, using themselves as the standard of measurement. How ignorant. How ignorant is that? Paul's saying here, said, don't worry, we're not coming. We're not, we're not coming down to compare ourselves to the other people that are there. No, we won't fall into that trap. There's only one comparison that you and I can rightfully make. There's only measurement. There's only one measurement that is given to mankind, and that is Jesus Christ. He is the standard. Jesus is the standard. Now, here again, therefore, our lives uh, won't be fully calibrated. Uh, it can't be fully calibrated to man because man, man is already off. No matter who you say, bishop this or apostle that, doesn't matter their lives are already off. Why would you try to calibrate your life or to set your life up to emulate another human? Now, it, it is good to follow. Paul said, follow me as I follow Christ. That's fine. Follow him as he follows Christ. Paul is not the example. I'm not the example, but Christ is the example. Paul said, I'm leading you to Christ. Follow me because I'm, I'm leading. I'm leaning toward him. I'm imitating him. I'm imitating him, so you can imitate me as long as I imitate him, but imitate Christ. Are you hearing me? So again, therefore our lives won't be uh, fully calibrated to Christ until we examine, uh, we, won't, we have to examine first of all the life of Christ. In order for your lives to be fully calibrated to Christ, you have to examine the life of Christ. Jesus is the standard for all Christians. In fact, he is the standard for all humanity. When God looks at every human being, he's looking at every human being through the lens of Christ. Now that's important for you to know. Uh, there were, and there were people in the Bible that followed Christ. They really took this thing seriously. There were people in the Bible that followed him and observed his lifestyle. Uh, they desired to be like him, so they studied his life. We call them, somebody knows this word, this big fancy word, disciples. We call them disciples, and they were known to sit at his feet. Tonight we're talking about positioned to receive, and you're going to see a lot of this tonight. The disciples were positioned at his feet. Now, sitting at the feet of Christ signifies a readiness to receive his word and submission to his guidance. A readiness to receive his word and a submission to his guidance. I'm here, Lord ready to hear what you have to say and i'm ready to do what you have to say i submit to your guidance it means also i honor you i really want to hear what you are saying so that i may perform it so that i may obtain a similar standing dignity position and favor that you possess it also means i have examined your life 
and I have been captured by a transferable possession. In other words, as I sit under your feet, I see, or I sit at your feet, I see something in you that I want in my life. I see something in you that I want. And through that teaching ministry, sitting at the feet, through that teaching ministry, you get to receive what's giving out, what's, what has been given out. And this is, a, this is a very thrilling thing. Now the goal here of the disciple or the goal of a follower of Christ, the goal is not to, uh, to see how well you can maintain your old lifestyle or your old form, but the goal is to see how much of you can be reshaped, can be formed to being like the teacher. Does that make sense? Of being like him. There are many that want to do just enough to get in the front door, but that's not the goal. That's not the goal of discipleship. That's not the goal of being like Christ. Remember, Jesus is the standard, and he must always be the standard. So if we want to compare anybody's life to see, well, are you a man of God? Well, compare them to Christ. Are you a person of God? Compare yourself to Christ and say, well, I've got a long way to go. But if you're heading that way, you're going to eventually get there with the help of the Holy Spirit. Are you hearing me? But to compare yourself to another person, oh, I'm not as bad as they are. I'm not as bad as she is. I'm not as bad as he is. That's foolish talk. That's foolishness because man is not the standard. If you compare yourself to a man, to one person, you'll always look better. But then to someone else, you'll look worse. Man is not the standard. Christ is the standard. Are you hearing me? All right. So there is really in discipleship, there's no such thing as a casual hearer. There's no such thing as a casual or flippant hearer of someone that just sits around and just listens. There's no such thing. Not in true discipleship. It's either you're all in or you're all out. There's no halfway. Are you, I hope you're hearing me tonight. So this concept of sitting at the feet, let's look at this because this is, this is not something that just occurred in the New Testament. Let's look at it, as a matter of fact, in the book of Deuteronomy. Let's go to Deuteronomy, the 33rd chapter, Deuteronomy 33, uh, verses 1, 2, and 3 out of the King James Version. Deuteronomy 33, verses 1, 2, and 3 out of the King James Version. So I want you to see this because this goes all the way back here. Now, you'll see here that this, as a matter of fact, uh, verse 1 says, And this is the blessing wherewith Moses, the man of God, blessed the children of Israel before his death. So this, as Moses was about to go off the scene, uh, these are the words that God gave him to say over the people of God. And I want you to hear what it says. It says, And he said, The Lord came from Sinai, and rose up from Seir unto them. He shined forth from Mount uh, Paran and came, and he came with ten thousands of saints. Now, we're really going to observe that for a moment. He came, rather than just a minute, uh, he came with ten thousands of saints. From his right hand went a fiery law. For them. So we see here there's a picture of God giving forth the Ten Commandments, right? 
God gave them 10 commandments, that fiery law that came from the hand of God. Now it says, he came with 10,000s of saints. From his right hand uh, went a fiery law for them. Look at verse number three. Yea, he loved the people. All his saints are in thy hand. And they sat down at thy feet. Everyone shall receive of thy words. So here is the first appearance uh, in scripture, I believe, that at least I have found. I believe this is the, the truth. First appearance of sitting at the feet and receiving here in the book of Deuteronomy, third, third chapter. Now notice something here. It says in verse number two again, and he came with 10,000s of saints. Now the word saints here in verse number two and verse number three are two different uh, Hebrew words. The first word, 10,000 of saints, this first word is uh, uh, Kodesh, Kodesh. And uh, Kodesh means uh, apartness, holiness. It means sacredness, separateness. And it talks about of places or things, of places or things. Of course, it talks about God himself, but in this context, it means of places or things places or things. So he's talking about here in verse number two, as it says, he came with 10,000s of Kodesh or 10,000s of holy things, 10,000s of sacred things. This is how the Lord appeared there on, um, there on Mount Sinai uh, to the people. This is how he appeared. He shined forth and in Paran, he showed them he, he came with 10,000s of holy things, and in his right hand, of course, was another holy thing, which was the law. Now, this is important because it, it's rendered here saints, but it's actually uh, Kodesh uh, in the Hebrew, meaning a holy thing. All right, let's look a little bit further. Verse number three, it says, yea, he loved the people. He loved the people, all his saints. Now, the word saints here in the... Um, uh, verse three is the word um, uh, kadosh, kadosh, and kadosh means sacred, holy, holy one or holy ones. So this is really talking about the people as it talks about saints in verse number three is talking about the people, how God's people are separate. God's people are separate. So God, uh, so this is what we're talking about here. So when the Lord appears, he has 10,000s of holy things and holy places with him. Holy things and holy places. Now, whenever God brings a thing, he wants to give it to you. Whenever God uh, shows you a place, he wants you to inhabit it. 10,000s of holy things and 10,000s of holy places, he's showing this to you. And the one that he's highlighting here is the law that would, that's, in, that's in his hand, is his word that's in his hand. Now notice it says here, and he, he loved the people, all his saints are in his hand. All his saints, all the holy people are in his hand. So if, we, if the Lord is using you know, a, a human body to give us reference, you, usually humans have how many hands? two hands unless something's up one hand holding the holy law another hand holding his people 
you're in his hand. You've heard that song. He's got the whole world in his, in his hands. So you have the holy law in one hand and you have God's people in his, in his other hand. And there's also with him, it says, and he came with ten thousands of holy places, ten thousands of holy things that he wants to share with us, that he wants us to enter into or also share with us. Now, how is this possible? How is this going to happen? The very next part of the verse tells us. It says, and they, his holy people, those that are set aside for him, sat down at his feet. Everyone shall receive. Now, the word receive there, I love this, is nasa, nasa. The word receive there means to lift, to bear up, to carry or to or carry off or take off to take away so therefore you're in God's presence let me sort of see if I can wrap this up we're in God's presence and the Lord shows you himself shows you who he is and he says I have ten thousands of things to give you ten thousands of holy things sacred things to give to you and let me show you ten thousands of places that I want you to inhabit how am I going to have it Lord inhabit these places sit at my feet and listen to me sit at my feet and hear my words hear my words and you will enter into these holy places hear my words and you will inherit these holy things does that make sense because we're in his hand. He says, I have all this for you and I want to give this to you. But this starts with us sitting at his feet, not just being flippant hearers, but to sit at his feet and actually being attentive, not just to hear, but I'm listening to receive and to receive here. Nasa means to carry something off. I'm listening because there's something tangible. When I hear God speak to me, when I'm learning from him, I can carry something off, carry something away. I can understand something. Think about it. If you're sitting in a class or even here in church, the thing that you understand, you can carry away with you. If you don't understand it, you can't carry it away with you because you're listening in order to do. If we have a class on how to use your favorite smartphone, have a class on it, well, then you have your smartphone or whatever your tablet in your hand there. And we have everybody has a device in it, and we put it up on the screen and say, this is how you turn it on. This is how you make a phone call. A lot of people need to have that class. This is how you make a phone call. This is how you use that app. Well, if you understand it, when you walk out, You'll be able to make a phone call. You carry that wisdom with you. You carry that knowledge with you. And then you apply it as you go. So when the Father speaks, when we sit at his feet to listen, to hear, to understand, to comprehend, we're doing so so we can carry off what he's saying. Does that make sense? You're going to have to carry it off to actually use it. So he said, I have ten thousands of holy things. I have ten thousands of places for you to inhabit. Oh, and these are wonderful things that he wants to give to you and share with you. But you will only have access to it as you sit at his feet. And again, sitting at his feet means that you are attentive to his words. You're listening. You're leaning in to hear what he has to say so that you may observe it, so that you may do it. I'm listening to hear and to do. Does that make sense? 
Let me show you another one. Let's go to 2 Kings, 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, verse 38 on the King James Version. 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, verse 38, and we're going to look at this out of the King James Version. Here is Elisha. Here is Elisha. And uh, he is there with the, with the prophets. Now, I want you to notice the position of Elisha and the prophets here. All right, 2 Kings, the fourth chapter, verse 38 of the King James Version says this. And Elisha came again to Gilgal, and there was a dearth in the land, or there was famine in the land. And the sons of the prophets were sitting before him. You find other translations say that they were sitting at his feet. They were sitting at his feet. And he said unto his servants, set on the great pot and seeth pottage for the sons of the prophets. Now, as it goes further on down, you know, there's a famine in the land and, and Elijah, the man of God says, hey, put on a pot of stew. And so they go out, and they get uh, different plants and things and they put it in the pot and they didn't know, but some or one of the, some or one of the plants they put in the pot was poisonous. And somebody took, a, somebody took a swig of it and said, oh, man of God, there is death in the pot. There is death in the pot. And of course, the man of God said, hey, give me, I believe it was a stick or, or a rock, put it in there. And, and uh, the Lord gave him a word. And of course, uh, the meal was good to eat then after the Lord worked that miracle. So you can see that yourself in the second chapter, or rather the fourth chapter of Second Kings. So sitting at the feet, you will also see miracles worked out. There are some things that as you sit at the feet of the Lord, sit at the feet of those that he's called, that you will see that you're a witness that others will not as you sit at the feet. Let's go into the New Testament now. Let's look at, uh, oh, one of my favorite examples here. Let's go to Luke, the eighth chapter, Luke eight and verse number 35. Luke eight, verse 35. Out of the King James Version, Luke eight, verse 35. So you see here, this is where the demoniac man, this is the case of the man that was filled with demons. He comes out of the cave and he's rawr at all the people, right? As they come through and everybody in the village knew that this man was insane, that he was demon possessed. And of course, Jesus cast the devils out of him. And something happens here in verse number 35, just one verse. You can read the rest of it when you get home. It says here, then they went out to see what was done and came to Jesus and found the man out of whom the devils were departed, doing what? Sitting at the feet of Jesus, clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. This man now is in the position of receiving from the Lord. All that evil was now put out of his body, put out of his soul, put out of his spirit. He, he was free. He was free. And what does he do? He sits at the feet of Jesus to receive from the Lord. Remember, sitting at the Lord's feet means that I am submitted to your words. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to pattern my life after yours. There's something I see in you. And I would tell anyone that, anyone in our church fellowship, anyone that's listening online, if the one that you are sitting under, whether it's pastor, whether it's your pastor or, or a minister or church leader, if you cannot see Jesus there, then why in the world are you listening? Why would you be ignorant 
and listen to someone that does not carry the presence of Jesus. I know that there are a lot of people that go to church because they're tradition. Well, my family's always been here, and, and uh, you know, we've always been here for generations. My family's always been here, and the church has Ichabod over the front door. The glory has departed. And now there are cute messages about things that happen on the news and things that happen on the golf course and, and, and popular cultures and, and, and psychology um, messages. But it has nothing to do with Jesus. Listen, if you can go the entire service and not hear Jesus one time, something's wrong. Are you hearing? Hallelujah. So, in order for you to sit at the feet of someone, you're sitting at the feet of the Lord, but the, the Lord will also have people for you to sit under, sit under and receive. And if you cannot see a representation of Christ, don't do it. Are you hearing? If you cannot see a representation of Christ, even here in the Bible, before um, individuals became disciples, they would observe the, observe the master. They would, they would observe the teacher's life. Observe it. Wow, you're working signs, wonders, and miracles. Wow, I see this great wisdom in your life. Wow, you really have this sort of intelligence. Hey, there's something in you that's transferable. I want something that you have. And in order to obtain that, I want to sit and listen. I want to sit and I want to listen because there's something there that I want. Are you hearing? You don't want what they have because then that is that that's something else. When you want what someone has, and then that's called uh, what is that? Envy, I believe. Covetousness. Thank you, thank you. It's covetousness when I want. It's not. It's not. I, I want a husband like yours. It's I want your husband. That's bad. It's not I want a house like yours. I want your house. That's covetousness. No, it's not I want what you have, man of God. I want what you have, woman of God. I want your anointing. No, it's, some, it's I, want, uh, I want my own. I want something like that. And if God may have even something greater. And it's every desire of every godly teacher that you go even higher than they did. It is my desire. Every godly parent should desire for their children to have better than they had. That's why you sacrifice. And every godly leader, every godly pastor desires for the congregation to go higher than they are. To do more than they did. It happened with Elijah to Elisha. Double. It's granted to you. You want double? All right, here is double. What did Jesus say when he went off the scene as he was in his work? He said, the works that I do shall you do also. And what greater works than these shall you do? He said, I desire, I desire you to do even more. That's every godly teacher, every godly, every godly leader desires for his people to do more. There are no souls in God's kingdom. Saul and David. Saul did not want David to, to surpass him. When the women began to cry out, they began to sing their songs. I think what Saul has slain his thousands and David has slain his ten thousands. Saul got upset. David, why are you trying to surpass me? That's not a godly leader. You should, oh great, man, great. You did, you want how many to Christ? Hallelujah. How many miracles? Hallelujah. Glory to God. Let's celebrate with you. Are you hearing? 
Let's look at one more before we close out tonight. Luke 10, Luke 10, uh, verse 38 through 42. Luke 10, uh, the King James Version. Luke 10, verse 38 through 42 of the King James Version. One more time. Luke 10, verse 38 through 42 out of the King James Version. This is also one of my favorite examples of sitting at the feet. And it says in and, uh, verse 38, now it came to pass as they went that he entered into a certain village and a certain woman named Martha received him into her house. Wonderful. Verse 39, and she had a sister called Mary. And what did Mary do? Which also sat at Jesus's feet and did what? Heard his words heard or heard his word. Verse 40, but Martha was comforted about um, much serving and came to him and said, Lord. Now I want you to notice how Jesus defends those that are at his feet. All right. She came to him and said, Lord, doest thou not care that my sister have left me to serve alone? Bid her, command her, demand that she uh, therefore, uh, bid her, therefore, that she help me, command her to help me. She has no business at your feet when there's work to be done. That's what she's saying here. What is, how does Jesus answer? And Jesus answered and said unto her, Martha, Martha, thou art careful and, and, and troubled about many things, but one thing is needful, and Mary hath chosen that good part which shall not be taken away from her. The Lord defends you because he knows that making another chicken sandwich is not going to help us right now. Whatever Martha was doing, I believe in, and Bible scholars say that she was making some elaborate meal when all that was required was something simple. But she went all out, but that was not required at that moment. There are times when an all out expression is necessary. Like when Mary came with the alabaster box and she poured it on the body of Jesus to prepare him for his burial. That was necessary at that moment, but this was not necessary. What was necessary was to sit at his feet and hear his words. The goal of discipleship the goal of discipleship is not to maintain your form. When you come into relationship with Christ, your goal is not to keep your lifestyle, but your goal is to uh, allow Christ, the life of Christ, to change you, to change your life, to change you inside and out. Your goal is to be like dough in his hand and let him just mold you or like clay and let him just mold you into your proper shape because God knows your shape and God knows your true form. He knows your true form and your true shape. And when you allow him to mold you and make you, and many times the process will hurt. I can't lie to you. It may make you want to just stop and quit and give up. But the father is very gentle. And when he molds you into your true form, your true shape, you'll find true happiness, the true joy, true contentment, and true satisfaction that you were meant to have. Because your old shape was not for you. What do people call people when they get out of breath? <sighs> they say, you're out of shape. 
You're huffing and puffing. You're out of shape. But when you get into shape, the body functions properly as it should. So I think we're going to stop there for tonight. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name uh, for the words you've given unto us. Father, I pray that um, uh, we would be recalibrated to sing Jesus as the true standard and that we would all sit at Jesus' feet and receive of his word. And Lord, those that you have set before us here in the earth to learn from, Father, I pray uh, that you would show us who those individuals are, whether they're in the church or, or online. Father, I pray that you show us where those individuals are and that we will hear their voice, or rather, should I say, that we will hear your voice through them, that our ears will be open to hear and that we will receive, that we may carry off the blessing, that we may carry off the word and manifest what you're saying. Lord, I pray that your people's ears will be open to hear what thus saith the Lord at all times when you are speaking it. And Lord, I give you praise tonight, and we love you so much. In Jesus' name, amen. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Remember, if you would like to hear today's message in its entirety or hear the entire series, just go to our website at www.kingdomrock.org. That's kingdomrock.org. You can also subscribe to our podcast and get it on the go. And if you have a Roku device, make sure you search for Kingdom Rock TV. And there you will find this program and so much more. We would also love to see you in a live service. Just go to our website to get the details at www.kingdomrock.org. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way.